Gracious and holy God, we enter into your presence with such expectations. May the meditations of our hearts and minds and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, for you are indeed our strength. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we've been in this uh, uh, wilderness now, uh, really a literal wilderness for uh, several months, but for the last six weeks we've been braving the wilderness with the Israelites as they journey through uh, after the exodus out of Egypt and get into the, the uh, wilderness, the, the desert. We have seen them thirsty, hungry, and thirsty again. We have seen how God meets them right where they are and provides sweet water out of the bitter water, provides manna down from heaven for their daily food, how God uh, continues to provide uh, for their thirst by giving them water literally coming out of the rocks of the desert. Two weeks ago, the Israelites got lost in the darkness, and last week, they literally lost their faith, at least for a time. We can really identify with much of that during these last four months, our own selves. And while God uses this wilderness time to shape and to form the Israelites, we can feel God shaping and forming us, even in the midst of our struggles. The Israelites become a more faithful people, and Moses experiences a true transformation. Moses has learned how to rely on God fully, to lean into God's very presence, and he has picked up the art of intercession, and this reading today is Moses' third intercession in the book of Exodus. But it's, a uh, it's a, in a strange turn of events that it is now Moses who is in a crisis, a crisis of experiencing God's present, presence in a very significant, meaningful way. And so Moses is digging into this presence and asking God to provide a hint of what the future holds he wants to know, on the one hand, he knows that life goes on for Israel because God is gracious, because God is faithful, and because God is merciful. But on the other hand, Moses is not satisfied. Moses wants more from God. He desires certainty. And so I'm going to read today from Exodus 33, verses 12 through 23, and I want us to listen for the word of God. Moses said to the Lord, See, you have said to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor in my sight. Now, he says to God, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your ways 
so that I may know you and find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. Now it's God's time. God says to him, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And then Moses replies back to God. He says, If your presence will not go, do not carry us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people, unless you go with us? In this way, we shall be distinct, I and your people, from every people on the face of the earth. The Lord says to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. So Moses is bold, and Moses says, Show me your glory, I pray. And God says four things. I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you the name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, God says, you cannot see my face, for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, See, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back. But my face shall not be seen. Thanks be to God for the reading of this holy word. Man. You see, G uh, Moses knows that everything that the Israelites have are because God is gracious. They know him. They, he knows that they are there because God led them there. But he also knows that there is this, this distinctive reliance between God and the people that is the mark of distinction between them and every other people on the face of the earth. And so he is begging for this. He is asking for this. He's, he wants hard evidence because without it, Israel will appear to be on their own, as are all other people in the world. And he, Moses, will be fragile. His leadership may be ineffective. The presence of God is also what makes them unique among all the people of the world. And so Moses takes the risk of confronting God for this presence. I wonder if Moses might have been from the state of Missouri, you know, the show me state, because Moses goes so boldly as to say, okay, God, if you are going to be faithful to me, then show me your glory, right? To which God 
simply says four things. God answers Moses' request with a statement of the obvious. God says, Moses, you know my goodness. That is always before you. That is my very character. I will continue to show you my goodness. I will be your God, your sovereign God, and you will be my people. There will be no others because that is who I am. And then he goes on to say, I am gracious and I am merciful. Naming the obvious, something Moses already knows, the very character, the very heart of God. But then God goes a little bit further and he decides to play a little game of peekaboo with Moses kind of like we might play with, a, with one of our children or our grandchildren. And he is gentle and he is kind. He says, Moses, come to this rock where I am, and I'm going to put you in this special little place. And when I pass by, I'm going to put my hand over you. And then as I go by, I'll remove my hand so that you might see my backside. I find that kind of fun kind of interesting. We could probably do a whole sermon on God's backside. But he says, you won't see the core of me. God maintains that mystery, even in the midst of Moses's decision to be that bold with God. So what I find so interesting about Moses throughout all of this story over the last six weeks is Moses' resilience. His literal resilience in the process. His ability to adapt to the wilderness, whatever it might bring. It develops over time. It's not something that, that Moses was born uh, into. It develops as he takes time to meet God on the mountain in the fiery bush. It develops over time as he meets and confronts the Egyptians and goes to God asking what next. It develops over time as he goes to the tent at the edge of the campsite and spends hours and hours in God's presence. It develops over time as he goes up the mountain and he prays and he communes with God and he listens to what God has to say for the people. It develops over time, day after day, many, many hours of practicing the spiritual disciplines of being in the presence of the Lord. So there's an old saying that um, some 12 steps programs use, and it says sometimes you cannot think yourself into right behavior. Instead, you have to behave yourself into right thinking. And that is exactly the premise of our spiritual disciplines. Those things that we do, those things that we practice, 
that makes us stronger, that puts us in touch with God, that helps us stay in love with God, those things like worship, those things like prayer and Bible study and fasting and meditation and holy conferencing. Some of those things are so personal and some of those things are a part of a larger community. But those practices are what give us, gives us the ability to fall into love with God and to stay in love with God. They're our training ground. And when crisis happens, this is, this is a quote, I love this quote from Steve uh, Managuchi, which is an author and a, a theologian. And he says, at the moment of crisis, you do not rise to the occasion. We don't rise to the occasion. Instead, we default back on our training. So it has me asking, what is our training ground during this time of wilderness? Prayer? Worship? Study? I'm hoping it's all of it. Because, friends, when we do that, that is exactly what rises to the occasion when we hit those really tough times. It, these practices create this kind of muscle memory, if you will, this muscle memory that goes into effect even when we don't know what's next. It makes us resilient. Does that mean we won't struggle? No, it does not mean we will not struggle. We will struggle, but we will know the presence of God because of these practices. They will become like second nature. When we struggle to know who is God in the midst of this wilderness, we will know. When we struggle to know what we should believe, in this wilderness time, we will know. Because we have already prepared a fertile ground, a training ground, that we will use during these times. Moses was resilient, not because he was born that way, but because he learned to become that way by the practices of being in the very presence of God. Moses didn't have a Bible, but Moses had God. He became a, a willing participant in God's will. There were times when he did not know, when he questioned. There were times when he was uncertain. There were times when he even resented the call that God had on his life. But... Because of his practices and his resilience and his relationship with God, he was always on the other side of it. More faithful, more resilient. God formed him and shaped him. Over 40 years of leadership, he helped Moses form and shape a group of ragtag slaves out of Egypt into a mighty, powerful God, uh, nation that worshipped God. 
that was distinctive from every other people and nation in the world. And when the chips were down, when everything seemed upside down, when the future that was so uncertain, Moses laid it on the line. He went to God, and he said, I want more. I want more. That's what happens when we have a relationship with God. That's what happens when we lean into these practices. We want more. It's amazing how that happens. And friends, in this deepening relationship with God, it requires hard work. It requires struggle. It requires time. No one becomes a pra an expert without lots of time and practice. But in a deep abiding relationship with God, we see God's glory. God is faithful. God shows us God's glory and God makes us resilient in the times of uncertainty. And for that, we give God thanks. May it be so. Amen.